Welcome to New York's Finest, Retired and Unfiltered Podcast. The mission of this podcast is to explore the life and experiences of those who at one time held a front row ticket to the greatest show on earth, policing the streets of New York City. This show hosts a wide variety of guests from all walks of life and professions, but remains centered around introducing retired members of the NYPD to our audience while having real unfiltered discussions. Please tune in each week and like and subscribe to hear true crime stories and opinions on past and present events like you've never heard them before. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I got my guest with me tonight, Jennifer Mortensen. Jennifer was a 20-year New York City public school teacher. She taught middle school. She was in the same school her entire career. Um, She's a lifelong New Yorker, and she was forced out of her job and out of her home and out of the city she loves due to Mayor de Blasio and now New York City Mayor Eric Adams' illegal mandates. Uh, Me and Jen share a lot of the same issues, um, and I... You know, I, I haven't spoke about this on my podcast in, in, in a few episodes. And for those of you that don't know, it's still going on. It's still hot. It's still a hot issue in New York. There's still thousands of people that are uneligible to work. They're ineligible to work. They're ineligible to attend schools. And, you know, I'm excited to have Jen on to get a chance to, to hear her story. Um, we both were on the New York Mandate podcast uh, hosted by Amy. For anybody that hasn't heard that, definitely check it out. It's a great podcast. She highlights all different various professions and the effects that the mandates have had on all New York City workers, people, uh, public sector, private sector workers, cops, firemen, teachers, EMS workers, um, you know, it, and it, it's horrific. It doesn't get highlighted in the media the way it should. Um, and this is how we're getting it out here. We're getting it out here through these podcasts, through all of these independent journalists. And uh, Jen, welcome to the show. Uh, if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, who you are, where you grew up. Um, I grew up in actually Corona, Queens, Queens, native Queens, my whole life, Uh, moved to Forest Hills, then Middle Village. So always been in the same area. Um, Went to Forest Hills High School, went to Queens College, Um, didn't start teaching right out of college, did other things, um, paralegal, different administrative assistant jobs. And uh, I had a friend who said, you know, I think you'd really like teaching, give it a shot. So at that point, all you needed, New York City required was a four years bachelor's degree. I went to a job fair at the Brooklyn Marriott. Um, I went and I interviewed at the school in Queens and um, I got the job. So (laughs) without a stitch of teaching experience, uh, but I did need to get my master's degree to continue teaching. And uh, I was teaching most of my time there, sixth grade, language arts, social studies, you know, I taught math also, but I was in the same building for 20 years. I remember uh, October 10th, 2000, just walking in brand new and uh, it was exciting. And um, yeah, same school for, for 20 years. 20 years. Uh, were, were you, did you also teach in Queens? You taught it taught where I taught, taught in basically. Queens. Yep. Yep. Three years ago. Let's, let's take it back four years ago. Did you ever see yourself leaving New York City? No, no, 
Not at all. I mean, I'm, I'm not close to retirement age yet. Um, I never, ever, ever thought about for one second, I would ever leave New York. I mean, I was at a great salary, great medical benefits, um, contributing to my, you know, pension, my tax deferred annuity. Um, why would I want to leave? I had no reason, you know, I got good ratings every single year. I never got sick. I, in 20 years, I accumulated 150 sick and personal days. Um, so we get 10 a year. So if you do the math, that's, you know, took a, took a couple of days, mental health days here and there, but I, I, you know, was pretty much at my job every single day. Did you ever have an issue at work with anything? Did you ever have any disciplinary issues, anything like that? No, no, everything, everything was fine, you know, and I also worked several summers in summer school, Um, not always at my school, but they were always in the, you know, surrounding, you know, in the area, Um, just because whatever uh, school would host it, I would work out, you know, and that was great extra money. I mean, it was like about $52 an hour. And I had retention rights. So, you know, once you're there two years, you're guaranteed a job. And that's some some good money for the summer. So I never thought I would ever leave my school or my job or the state for that matter. So so take us back. Like, when Mm -hmm. did you start to be like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish my career. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to live in New York City anymore. (sighs) Well, in March of 2020, they said, oh, we got to learn Google Classroom. We're going to shut down for a few weeks. A few weeks turned into be uh, March, April, May, June, four months. Um, then came September 2020, and we weren't open yet. Cuomo was trying to decide when we're going to open, you know, the positivity rate, whether it's high or not. Uh, so I remember October 2020, we went back to school. But it was six, seven kids in a classroom, and it was uh, not ideal. It was we couldn't have been in the building more than three to four weeks. Come middle of November, Cuomo's like we're shutting schools down, and um, I remember telling my mother, who had relocated to Tennessee twelve years ago. You know, she and her husband retired and was much more affordable. She said schools are open here, and. I was just dumbfounded why they're closed there. So that kind of in November, 2020 got me starting to say, well, you know, if they're going to shut down my school again, I'm going to sit behind a computer, look at black boxes and, and teach. This is, this is not teaching what I've been doing for 20 years. So I started the process of, you know, calling the Tennessee department of education, how to get my license. Um, I just basically had to get official transcripts and, Um, you know, I did all the paperwork, phone calls, you know, that took two, three months. And uh, I was advised that it's much easier to job hunt. So after I got my license, um, you know, I decided when it was my spring break, end of March, 2021, beginning of April, that I would take a trip to Tennessee. And um, I had sent probably 20, 30 different principals in the county next to my mom's emails And I was able to meet with about five or six of them just to kind of get a feel, um, introduce myself, network. It wasn't an interview per se. And I just, you know, was feverishly applying for jobs, you know, April, May, June, 2021, my school year ended and I'm like, okay, nothing yet. July, you know, nothing, August, nothing, 
then <laughs> their school year starts at, like the beginning of August. Third week into school, I get an email from a principal, um, you know, and uh, it had a Zoom interview. I was offered the position the next day and uh, I resigned four days before de Blasio announced the uh, mandate for vaccine for teachers. So that was, you know, kind of it. But um, also just to backtrack, February, 2021, I remember when schools opened back up after being closed for a couple of months, they had mandatory PCR testing. And uh, I did not consent to that. I was put on unpaid leave. I was escorted out of the building. Um, I lost my medical benefits for the time I was out. I also had my direct deposit paycheck taken away. I was really treated like a criminal and it was just absolutely mortifying. Um, you know, I was out a few days. I lost uh, six, $700. When I came back, I was presented with a paper by my payroll secretary from the uh, Department of Education, hospitals, health, whatever, human resources said, if you ever re refuse the test again, you will be put on unpaid leave longer and punished harsher. And I went to my chapter leader, uh, the union rep in the building, and she didn't really see that as a problem. Um, I was tested once in which, you know, uh, I stood online and I cried my eyes out. I was just so against it because I, you know, told my principal, I'm not a sick person. If I'm sick, I won't come to school. And I told her I had 150 days accumulated in, in my sick bank and I don't get sick. And she said, I don't make the rules. I just follow them. And I was spoken to very harshly, um, you know, just embarrassed. I was yelled at. I was threatened. I was told not to cry. Have the kids cannot see me cry. Um, I was never called again to test. And I think because they did not want me to cry in front of the kids, but it would just be so stressful every morning, waking up, thinking I'm going to be on the list to be tested. And that's not no way to, you know, get up and, and have that anxiety daily. So, um, you know, it's, that was just not, not a good thing for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's when I kind of woke up to everything that was going on once that, mm -hmm. you know, the first, the rhetoric started that, Oh, you got to go get the vaccine. You got to go get the vaccine. People that aren't getting the vaccine, a criminal, and all this stuff. And, you know, you know, we work around a lot of people. I work around hundreds of guys I interact with, guys and girls. I say guys a lot, but I mean guys and girls. Right. <laughs> um, just my lingo. But, uh, you know, I worked around hundreds a day. And, and what I saw was that, you know, I, I, did, I did contract COVID and I got pneumonia from it. But I was never afraid of it because I was like, what could I do? I'm out here every day. I work every day. What mm -hmm. can I do? There's nothing I could do. If it, if the day is going to come and death is going to knock on my door, it's going to come. You know, right. there's nothing I could do. I'm not going to change my life over it. I, I almost went out of the picture, not because of COVID, but because of the lack of treatment in New York City. Right. And then next thing I know, my job, my doctors, everyone's telling me, don't take a vaccine when as the talks of it are coming out. Don't take this vaccine. Your immune response would be too high. You would have an adverse reaction to it made sense to me next thing i know i'm a criminal all those same people are telling me take the vaccine that makes absolutely no sense to me and now 
I see division and segregation coming in, right? Same as you, right? You see the segregation coming in there, basically forcing you to to test saying you're dirty, you're unclean. I, I remember that time very vividly. And I remember saying blatantly to everyone, do not call me unvaccinated. I'm vaccinated. Do not call me unvaccinated. Do not call me a term. I don't want to be labeled as anything. And I remember my blood pressure at the time, and I've never had high blood pressure in my life, but my blood pressure at the time was through the roof, through the roof. My, my, my eye was fluttering. So, you know, that's, that's huge. Right. And then you wouldn't test. And what was your, what was your, like, what was your like ethos about the testing? I thought the testing was wrong. I thought it was discriminatory. I gave into it because I thought at some point it would go away based on what I was seeing that the vaccinated guys kept getting COVID and I wasn't getting it again. Right. Well, at when they were doing the testing in February, 2021, this was just a random 20% of staff and students. So it wasn't even vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. It was just anybody that they were pulling. And I mean, it's so arbitrary. It made no sense at all. I mean, you know, I went to several, you know, rallies with Teachers for Choice against the, the uh, masking. And then there was lawsuits for the forced testing. And this was, you know, our condition, this was not written into our contract. And, you know, I went to work every day with a stack of articles, including, you know, the amendments, the Constitution, the Nuremberg Code, all these different articles about the testing. And, you know, when I tried to present that to my principal, she just did not want to hear it. And, you know, she's just following orders, doing her job. And, you know, none of this made any sense. So, and again, I was not a sick person. My argument against the testing was, you know, first, this is a school building, you know, so I can walk into a grocery store, I can walk into McDonald's, I can walk into Target, I can walk into any deli or store, nobody's going to ask me my health status, you know, like, what if somebody is sick anywhere else with just like a sniffle or a cold or a flu? You know, how does this make sense? How does this protect anybody? I mean, you asymptomatic people should not be, you know, randomly tested. It's it's just it didn't make any sense to me. And I thought and I still do. It's a violation of my bodily autonomy and and my rights. And, you know, I just was not going to participate in this. And I said, if I'm sick, I will stay home, you know, and again, 150 days in 20 years. I took very few days off. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely a violation of the law. It's absolutely a violation of the HIPAA law. You know, like I, I was a supervisor. I was the integrity control officer. It's funny, right? And I was in charge of integrity. Um, so, but, and basically I knew everyone's medical record, but guess what? Everyone knew my testing record too. They knew my vaccination status. I knew people's vaccination status. I knew their testing status. I'm like, why do I know any of these things? How come I don't know if you have cancer? How come I don't know if someone has AIDS? How come I don't know if they're on whatever, some type of psychotic medicine that they, I need to know about? I don't know any of this stuff. You know why? I, I know I don't know it because it's called the HIPAA law, you know, mm-hmm. and completely that thing just went out the window. They rewrote it. CDC rewrote HIPAA law. They were like, oh, no, for COVID, people could know it, but they have to keep it secure. But the thing was, it wasn't secure. It yeah. really wasn't. It was never yeah. secure. Um, yeah. So it was, it was all a big lie. You know, the, my my leadership all went along with it, which was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. I've seen people go from I'm not 
doing this. I'm not getting tested. I'm not taking the shot to folding, folding, folding to, oh, if I got to take a booster, I'll take a booster. Um, and, you know, I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump ahead on that. But basically what I wanted to ask you was, so you saw the writing on the wall. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And because that's why. Our, yeah. A town hall phone call in, uh, I believe, the beginning of August 2021 with Michael Mulgrew, who is still the president of United Federation of Teachers. And there was all this talk about, you know, shots. And we had actually, I remember, got a questionnaire, you know, if we'd be interested and from, from the union. And, I'm, you know, I replied, no, no, no. So they were feeling everybody out to see if they were interested in this. But he knew all along. And, you know, this mandate did not even come from him. It came from Mayor de Blasio, which... You know, I find quite shocking why he is, you know, polling all the the union members um, and this mandate came from the mayor. So, you know, I think they must have been in some type of cahoots together is is my opinion. And um, I remember uh, Misha Porter, who was the New York City Schools Chancellor prior to uh, David Banks. Now, this really was disturbing. The end of June 2021 school ended last day of school. She sent an email out. saying that we should, you know, try to ask the kids or tell the kids about our vaccine experience and, you know, promote it and tell them that they need to get it. And I'm looking at this email like, oh my gosh, I sent this to Michael Kane at Teachers for Choice. And I said, I can't believe this. I said, I'd be held liable if I gave medical advice and something happened to a 100%, 100%. kid. 100%. You know, this does not even belong. I mean, she crossed the line and my argument was, well, why can't I tell them not to take it and why I'm not taking it? It was so one-sided and, you know, it, it was just such hypocrisy and, and it was just shocking. But, um, you know, so I, I saw the writing on the wall big time, you know, between the masking and the testing and, and all the talk and, and, you know, the surveys. So I just, I knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming. Oh, yeah, I was trained that my whole career, my whole 18-year career. You don't give medical advice. Uh, you're not a trained professional. You're not a doctor. You don't have a medical degree. Don't ever tell anyone anything to take medicine. Don't let, you know, if somebody needs medicine, bring them to the hospital. But you don't give any, you don't give any advice as a member of the NYPD. But now, you know, the whole city is on, yeah, no, talk to your friends, talk to your family, tell little kids about your vaccination status. That's insane. Mm-hmm. I would. That I, is insane. That's insane. That's insanity. And, you know, I, I've said it before on a few different platforms. I truly believe they went after the teacher profession and they went after the nurses first because it's a it's a predominantly female driven profession and mm-hmm. women are more likely to not be combative. And I really feel like, because I know so many teachers and so many nurses that didn't want to take the stuff and they did it because they didn't want to give their career away or they weren't in the position to do it. And I hate to even say that because I don't believe I was in the position to do it. And I don't believe you are in the position to do it either. Um, You know, like I, I, I worked very hard for my career. I gave up a lot. I'm sure you did. I'm sure everyone, Michael Caine, all those people, Bravest for Choice, all those people, you know, they, you know, and again, I always say all the people, when you look at those people, you look at their evaluations, you look at their career, you know, they were the best of the best. 
You know what I mean? They were the the one the ten percent that was doing ninety percent of the work. You know, they weren't the guy the guy and the girl that just showed up to work and collected a paycheck and worried right. about let everyone else worry about all the issues. These are the people that put the stuff on their back. You know, and and we demonize them. And basically, on on that whole thing is they didn't even give you guys medical or religious exemptions. There was no religious or medical exemption for you at first. Some I, I forget who throws it in. I don't remember if it was Mike or not. I don't remember who throws the lawsuit in, but the lawsuit goes in that this is illegal. A judge comes back and says, you have to offer exemptions. You cannot offer exemptions. You cannot not give exemptions for this. This is written into OEO law. And basically, Michael Mulgrew runs down, goes to collective bargaining the next day, and he bargains with and says, okay, We'll take limited religious exemptions and we'll take limited medical exemptions. That's illegal. You can't. Michael Mulgrew cannot say we're going to take limited. There's not limited in the First Amendment. And, and, And the medical part, I still say we haven't even explored the legality of that yet. You know, like I don't know anyone that's 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 holding a lawsuit about the medical, the medical aspect of of this whole of this whole mandate. I mean, when when in history did the city of New York ever go against a, a, a person's doctor ever? Ever? I don't know. I mean, I, I know a teacher who was granted a medical exemption, and uh, she's working at home remotely. Um, you know, I know someone else whose doctor, she got sick from another, you know, vaccine and the doctors told her she can't take it and they're not granting her her medical exemption. She wound up, you know, taking the shot, got very, very, very ill. I mean, she just did it recently. And, and I just, you know, I can't believe in what world we're living in where anybody needs to utilize either a medical or religious just the sheer number of people applying for them and doing anything possible should show you know the the mayor out there in Mulgrew like how many people just don't want this and will go to these lengths but you know I mean I know that Michael Kane was told you know uh, the Pope took it and the Dalai Lama took it and he's even on video saying this uh so then you should take it so they're picking and choosing and uh this should not even be a mandate, period. I mean, I think that's the bigger issue. Um, but, you know, I had started writing one, but luckily, you know, I resigned before any of that became necessary, but I think it would have been denied. Just like, you know, 98% of the, the teachers were denied. Oh, yeah. I mean, people were, it, it was, it was the craziest thing I ever seen. I had reverends, ordained reverends, ordained deacons, church elders mm-hmm. get denied religious exemptions. And I know people that did a copy and paste job off the internet and got approved. I know people that had doctors saying they're going to go into anaphylactic shock if they take this vaccine. And, and they were told, well, just go to the hospital and go into anaphylactic shock. And and then they'll revive you. And so you could take the vaccine. You know, you just have to do it under medical care. And then I know people that put in nonsense and didn't get it. And like I put in both a religious and I put in both a medical. I put in a, the, the medical for my my antibodies, which were through the roof, which is still through the roof, which I still have not got COVID again from the first time I got it. I never tested positive again. Um, I never had it again. I never felt sick. And And honestly, if I get the sniffles right now or I spike a fever, I'm not going to get tested. No. I'm just not. I, I'm going to no, do what I always did. I'm going to do what I always did. 
I'm, I stay away from you. Don't come next to me. I'm going to rest in my bed until I feel better. You know, if I feel like I can't breathe, I'm going to call the doctor and get treated, get a Z pack, get some steroids, get something. Right. I'm not, you know, how about we don't shut down all, all the outpatient. Absolutely. Facilities? And the harm that this has done to the this kids. I mean, you know, my, my son had to spend a senior year behind a computer because they offered him one day a week of in-person school. But in addition, I was not going to consent to him being randomly tested. I did not believe in that. And that was a condition, you know, for, you know, the students to go to school. I'm like, what kind of world is this where you're just going to subject them to just some, just pulling them out and and testing them. And I mean, just the psychological, emotional trauma. And, And I'm like, this does not even belong in school. You know, if my kid is sick, if your kids are sick, if they're that sick and they can't go to school, they won't go to school. You know, not because I'm worried about like other kids, but my kid can't function in school. I can't function, you know, as a teacher. Um, so that would be, you know, a reason why, you know, I would would stay home or, you know, if I had to keep my son home. But this 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 random testing thing is was just, you know, just not right at all. Yes. So we never had the random testing. We uh-huh. had it. We had it where only unvaccinated people oh, okay. had to wear a mask and test once a week. You had to wear a mask at all times and and test or or and and test once a week. Every five days, you had to give a clean test. Um, I submitted to it because I was like, I really thought it was going to go away because all the guys that had to test were not popping positive, and all of the people that took the vaccine kept getting kept going out sick the sick rate through the nypd was rising i'm like all right Mm -hmm. somebody's gonna look at this data and be like this is bullshit you know what i mean i never Mm -hmm. wore a mask i never told any of my guys to wear a mask because again i think it's discriminatory you're telling somebody they're dirty they're unclean they're a disease spreader when i know for a fact Mm -hmm. and and, and when you could just clearly see it that's not true we all carry disease we all spread germs um, so yeah, I unfortunately had to walk away from my career and move out of state too. And, you know, just how did you feel at the time when you weren't allowed to eat in a restaurant? You weren't allowed. How was that? How was that? Well, um, you know, ironically, um, you know, de Blasio had said they're going to start kind of piloting it like August 13th, but they're going to, or, or August 16th, 2021, they were going to put it into effect. September 13th, the first day of school, 2021, I had actually, you know, left New York state. I flew out uh, from LaGuardia, August 26, 2021. My husband and son were still here um, for two months packing up and everything. So I did not get to experience that um, being shunned. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to because I, I would have, you know, made my voice known. But I started seeing signs in windows and it just made me ill. Like, you are really going to enforce that? You know, but my, my husband and son, while they were still in New York for, you know, another month or two, they could not sit in a restaurant. You know, my son, you know, was 18 at the time. You know, if he was dating or had a girlfriend, he wouldn't be allowed to take her out. I actually do remember. Uh, a bunch of his friends wanted him to go out to eat at the Queens mall. And he said, you know, he can't, he's not vaccinated. And I I was like, this is, this is criminal. I mean, he just graduated 12th grade. They want to go out and he's not allowed out. And I'm like, what kind of sick world are we living in? And I saw footage of people, you know, being arrested in, in the Queens mall, um, a five-year-old and his parents, because, you know, they wouldn't, com- you know, comply with this. And I, 
I just cannot believe what kind of world we're living in. I mean, there were all these outdoor structures built, but it's so funny because these outdoor structures were actually indoors, but, you know, with just plastic bubble around it. So how does that make sense? you got to walk in with a mask. You could sit down and take it off, eat, and then you got to, you know, to walk out or go to the bathroom, 10 o'clock curfew. I mean, none of these things. And I remember them. I lived right across the street from Juniper Park in Middle Village. They pulled down the basketball hoops. They put chains around the, you know, playgrounds all over Queens. And I'm like, this is horrific. I mean, where kids are supposed to be outside getting fresh air and playing, they're not allowed to do that. And I mean, it just, it just blew my mind, but, um, you know, I did not get to experience the, the segregation, you know, personally. And I remember when I came to Tennessee, it was like every restaurant I went to, I took pictures and I posted it, take that mayor de Blasio, I'm sitting down in a Chick-fil-A and I'm not vaccinated, you know, and, and whatever, but it just seems so surreal that, you know, for seven months that that was enforced, um, and the division that it caused and, you know, between people and, you know, business owners having to shut down and get arrested and get fines and inspections. And, you know, I just, that's not, that's not a world to, to live in, to raise children in or, you know, to exist in. So that was just complete craziness. That was insanity. I mean, I, you had to feel vindicated at some point though, that you made the right decision. Oh yeah. Right. Because now you're seeing people can't eat in restaurants. I, you know, New York Freedom Rally, big shout out to them. You know, they went out and they exposed the hypocrisy every night. I don't know how many times they got locked up. They got locked up <laughs> dozens of times. And, you know, thankfully, none of them, none of them really suffered any bad consequences. But right. that time was, I'll tell you, there's business owners I'll never speak to again. I'll never patronize that restaurant ever again. I still right. go back to New York. I can never forget that. The thing that bothers me the most about that time, though, is the silence of the people that I care about, the people that supposedly care about me, the way they went along with it, the Christmas parties that Mm -hmm. were attended that I couldn't attend, all of these things. And everyone just made it like, oh, it's not. What's the big deal? I'm like, what do you mean? What's the big deal? What do you mean? What's the big deal? Like, I'm not showing anything. I'm not showing a fake vaccine card. I'm not showing my phone. I'm not showing anything. I'm not fucking dirty. I don't care. My kids aren't dirty. My wife's not dirty. You know, I'm no different than you. And by the way, you had COVID three times and I didn't. You know, so, you know, if anybody should be getting tested, it should be you. You know, (laughs) you know, well, the vaccinated. Yeah, Yeah, they were the ones getting sick. But what what I don't understand is Long Island, Nassau and Suffolk County, if you just drive, a, you know, 10, 15 miles out of Queens, you know, you can sit down and you can eat in a restaurant. So, you know, all the unvaccinated were, you know, patronizing restaurants out in Long Island. So, you know, in my mind, I'm like, OK, so what is what is the difference? What is the difference if I eat in a Burger King in, you know, Forest Hills, Queens, or I eat one in Garden City, Long Island? How am I safer to eat indoors in Long Island? but not in Queens or Manhattan or Brooklyn or whatever, Staten Island. You go to Jersey. I don't think they had these mandates. You could just cross the bridge, go to Jersey and, and go eat. So explain to me where the, the logic is on this. Yeah, there is no logic. <laughs> there is no logic. So we get through that time. We get through that time in New York City. And then, and then right after that, 
you know, he starts firing even more city workers now. Uh, Mayor, it's Mayor Adams' regime now, and now he starts firing cops, firefighters, um, and everyone else. Department of Corrections, whoever else is on the city. Sanitation. Sanitation. The healthcare was on the chopping block from the beginning. But the crazy thing, the child, the healthcare went first, then it was you guys, and then almost a year later, they start firing cops, all these other people, right? So that originally, originally firing you guys was was really the most hypocritical thing you could ever do for, for as, as a city employee. Because why was it, again, why was it only the teachers? Why were we okay to work? And there's still cops today that are unvaccinated, that are still waiting their appeals, that are working. Why are they okay to work? And they're so people- they're, they're waiting for appeals, but they're working. They're not on leave without pay or anything? Nope. nope. Every really? agency did something totally different. Wow. Every so that, a- that's, that's hypocrisy right there. I mean, teachers were put on, you know, I know various teachers, lots of them were put on leave without pay. Then come February, 2022 is when some started to be fired. Then March. And then I remember, you know, the last of them, uh, July, uh, June 2022. And, you know, if you didn't comply by September 5th, 2022, you were considered to be resigned. Um, And what I also know is speaking to several of the teachers through the New York Mandate podcast, um, they were fired for misconduct and they've had their fingerprints flagged. So if they tried to get a job in Long Island or upstate, there's a problem code. They also threatened to take away their New York state licenses. I couldn't get a license in Tennessee if I didn't have an existing New York state license. I mean, there's a whole slew of things that they're just making it impossible. This is, this is you know, punitive and, and criminal and personal. What the attack on the teachers, their future careers, you know, you want to go into something else, you, you're fingerprinted, you can't, you, you look like a pedophile. Or, or, you know, a felon. Like, yeah. how is this okay? No, you look like a felon, but Michael Mulgrew, who was having sex with his then girlfriend, now wife, inside of a school, doesn't have a misconduct code and will retire with, with a great record and no one. And that's fine. It's like, that just gets swept under the rug and nobody ever talks about that. But he's going to bargain for the whole rest of the city when he won't even sit down and have a conversation and you know and we were all told that we were an undue hardship we were causing an undue hardship but we never found out what that undue hardship is we still don't know what that undue hardship is and even if they ever come up with something to tell us that we cause the city money or heartache or we could potentially infect someone and i mean and all of those medical things are now out the window. You know, they, can, they don't even have that argument anymore. But if you're going to say that John McCarry is an undue hardship, but grant Jen, Jennifer her exemption, how the hell could you reasonably say that I'm an undue hardship and you're not? How could, be, how could you – the minute they accepted, the city accepted one exemption, they had to accept them all, and they Absolutely. Didn't. You know, and I still say whoever put in that exemption – and you didn't give in, you should, you, you should be entitled to back pay. You should get your job put back, all that. And I do feel for the people that didn't put the exemptions in too. You know, people like, oh, I have a philosophical belief or I just don't want to do it. And to me, I always said, I pushed everyone. I said, well, then that, that's religious to me. I mean, I, I think that's a religious exemption. Your conscience is, your, your conscience is whether you believe in God or not. 
you believe right. in something, right? That's your, your philosophical belief. So, yeah. So then, so then they, they move through that and then he allows the athletes and the entertainers. Like, would you, would you right. feel about that? That's, oh, well, when I heard that, you know, that was a press conference, March 24th, I believe 2022. Um, Cause I, you know, I'm friendly with another teacher who was fired in June and, you know, he sent me all the, the stuff and um, just, just the, the hypocrisy that Kyrie Irving can go play at Barclays or Madison Square Garden unvaccinated, um, but we can't work. And, you know, I know that there was a waitress at, um, I believe it was City Field, who was fired. But yet now she can go into City Field, she can see the game, but she can't serve the drinks. So I just don't understand how how any of this makes sense. Like I could now walk into Madison Square Garden since they're not check it, checking papers anymore. <clears throat> no, no testing, no, no, nothing. But, you know, I can't teach in my classroom. I could just bring those 30 kids into Madison Square Garden, hold class there, I'm fine. But in a New York City Department of Education building, I cannot go into teach. So again, that's hypocrisy. Where is the justification on any of this? You know, yeah. it just, it's, it's horrific. No, there, there absolutely is. I, to me, I always said it's a conditioning. I, I kept saying, I was like, well, I can't wait for them to tell you that COVID's airborne and it only stays above four feet in the air. So you all have to crawl and watch all you morons crawl around when it makes absolutely no sense. And I'll just stay, I'll just going to step over you as you're crawling. And none of you are going to ever pay mention to the fact that I'm still alive. And by the way, Unfortunately, we're still here, right? For Mayor Adams, yep. Bill de Blasio, we're still here. I haven't infected oh, yeah. anybody. What? Have you infected anybody? Have you? Have, have... No, no. What happened to the two two winters we were promised of uh, cold, dark winters and a pandemic of the unvaccinated? I'm still waiting for the winter of death because I have not gotten sick in two, three years. Nothing, nothing, not one sniffle, not my son, not my husband, nobody. And I get plenty of hugs from my students in Tennessee. And, you know, Nobody has any fear here. You know, life is just absolutely normal. You know, nobody is like six feet and th there's none of that here. I mean, in, in New York City, I don't know what it's like now, but, you know, I don't think anyone's hugging the teachers or they're all sanitizing the books and the pencils and they're probably really uptight about everything. I mean, I, I didn't buy into that masking or standing apart and standing on the little dots and going one way in the supermarket. They didn't do any of that nonsense. That is, that is just conditioning for, you know, the, the, the masses, mass formation psychosis is what I think it was. You okay. know, now they took off the mask mandate for the, uh, you know, the subways and the buses, you know, good luck if you want to try to ride a subway and not get, you know, mugged or whatever. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it, it was absolute insanity. And during that whole time, you know what's funny about that is you didn't even have to go to Tennessee. You could have just went to Long Island. I could have just been an MTA cop. I could have just been a Port Authority cop. I could have just been New York State Police. I could have just went and worked in Nassau or Suffolk, and I wouldn't have been subject to any of this stuff, right? You could have taught in Long Island, no problem, right? Well, if if I found a job, I mean, you know, I hear it's very, very competitive. Um, you know, I just did not like the feel. I mean, I'm what I'm going to pay more money to move out to Long Island or spend a longer commute traveling. And, you know, it, it's not practical when there's a pizza place five minutes from me. Now I got to what drive 20 minutes, half an hour, sit in traffic on the LIE or the Grand Central, 
You know, no, but I'm just saying how hypocritical it is. I wasn't yeah, on yeah. Long Island either. Absolutely. My sister lives in Long Island. I can't stand it there. That's why I wasn't. I was like, I'm not moving to Long Island. I'm going someplace warm. I'm not going to out to Long Island right. to go pay twenty thousand dollars a year. Right. Yeah, but we we could go out to eat. We can see a movie in Long Island. You know, we go to Jones Beach, see a concert. But none of those things in New York City from September 2021 till March 2022. You know, you could do. And I just I can't imagine how 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 that makes sense where we're safe in Long Island, but not in, you know, but New, not York in New York city. And and the nope. only reason he's ever given is because we're New York city. Like, and, and no one ever pushes back. He was on Rosanna Scotto and she asked him, how does it make sense that we have a vaccine mandate and you just allow the athletes and the entertainers to do that? And his answer was because we're New York city, people do what we do. We don't do what other people do. And that was it. And there was not another there was not a follow up question to that. It was it was a huge disappointment to listen to. I was like, this is I was like, how does he get away with just keep doing this? No, I don't. I don't know. But he's like, oh, we need to generate revenue for for New York City. So Kyrie can go play. You know, we're going to lift the mandates for, you know, people going into Madison Square Garden because people, you know, I wouldn't give any of those businesses my money even now if they let the mandates go. Uh, at one time they supported that. And now I know Nor- Norwegian Cruise has, uh, you know, stopped the testing and vaccine mandates. I would not give them my money and I would not support anybody that was supporting that agenda either. So I'm, apparently I'm safe to go on a cruise ship. But I'm not safe in a in a school building. <laughs> yeah, the the minute they kept the cruisers out to sea with all the the COVID positive people on there and basically mm-hmm. left them out in the sea, I was like, yeah, I'm never going on a cruise again because you're never doing that to me. If no. I'm on a boat with my family and you tell me I'm not leaving, you just imprisoned me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not okay with that. So I was like, yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm not. I'm just not going to go on a cruise. And I I'm not. You know, and even <laughs> Canada now, people going to Canada. I'm like, I'm not going to Canada right now. It's a totalitarian country. Nope. There's still, there's, they won't even let some of the people out still. It's, nope. it's insane. And they can't leave. Can- Canadians they, can't come here. Yeah, it's insane. It's absolute insanity. And then for over two years, you had 375,000 student athletes that weren't allowed to play sports in New York City. 375,000. They weren't allowed to play sports because of a medical status that nobody could say what what the reasoning was for. And then they get up on Martin Luther King Day. They talk about all the problems in the minority communities. And they, and they stop these kids from being able to have an outlet, being able to attend after-school activities, um, all of these things. For over two years, they, des- they destroyed kids. They destroy- I don't care what, like your son was in senior year. Like, I, I, I don't care if you were in college all the way to to pre-K that you were robbed you were robbed Absolutely. for two years you were robbed even Absolutely. the young working professionals they i guarantee they're not as competent as we were our first two years in the profession they they were half of these kids were remote they don't even know what it's like to work a full day no they, they were robbed of learning a, a hard day's work and all that other stuff and now they're jaded on what that is oh uh, i could just go on my computer for three hours and then sleep or go yeah. out to the beach, you know, it's, that's not what life is, you know, that's not ridiculous, but they did lift the, I think it was about three weeks ago because I follow another group. They did lift the uh, mandate for the after school activities uh, so that kids can now go without a vaccine, but explain to me. So kids in New York city 
do not have to uh, have this vaccine to attend school. So if you have gym during the course of the day, and I know as a teacher that kids have gym about twice a week, they have music, you know, and they're considering that a high risk activity. Um, they can participate in those classes, come three o'clock, any after school activity, they were not allowed to participate. How does that make any sense at all? Now, they're still running around the gymnasium. Uh, they're singing uh, during the course of the day, but they can't do this after school. Yeah, uh, and, that, and that was the same thing with the with the you know that was my same argument with the masking. I was like, oh, it's only dangerous till three o'clock. At three o'clock, the kids come out of school. No one wears a mask. Not the teachers, not the parents, not the kids. But yet in school, they have to wear a mask. Why? You know, and that's the same rationale. And then to me, it was always all conditioning, 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 conditioning. And it's yeah. So he lifts that. But you can't go see your kids in a school if you're unvaccinated. You can't go to their school play. You can't watch them go see watch their sports game. You can't go. You can't. You're not allowed in a public school building. You're still a pariah in New York City. That's a problem. Yeah. A city that respects all, all except the unvaccinated. Yeah. You know? And and I know somebody she was told, oh, just just go watch your kids play on a Zoom link. She sat in her car crying. And I'm like, if I was that kid, I, I mean, I would pull my kid from school. I mean, this is illegal what they are doing, not allowing the parents to come in. We have parents coming in our school building all the time, picking up kids, open houses, parent teacher conference. I mean, back to school events. There, there's no capacity. No one's standing there with a gun to your head, the thermometer gun. No one's, you know, you're not filling out a, a daily screener. None of that. None of that. So New York City is the only place that I know where they're doing all these draconian things. And this is horrific. And every single parent, even the vaccinated ones, should be making an uproar. All the teachers, all the administrators, but nobody is is uprising to any of this. And I don't understand that. I mean, nobody in my building, I was there 20 years ever calls, texts me, nothing, uh, check on how I'm doing. It's like just, I like, I'm just a distant memory. And I've tried to reach out to a few people and, you know, I really get nothing back. And it's like upsetting. That's like a slap in the face when you're, you know, somewhere for that long. And, um, you know, I was very opinionated about a lot of things. Um, you know, in my school, I was, you know, actually called one day by the principal because she said people are complaining to her that I'm trying to talk them out of the vaccine. And we can't talk about things like that, just like we can't talk about politics and religion. And that's, I'm like, whoa. But it was my chapter leader who told me to my face, it's people like you that are creating new variants. And it's people like you that are keeping this virus alive. And I remember very distinctly, and I did everything in my willpower not to respond to her. She had sent me a text, August 23rd, 2021, the same date that de Blasio made this mandate on TV. Her text to me was, this must be a very sad day for you. I said, whoa, you're supposed to be the chapter leader of the building. And this is what, you know, you're sending to me. I didn't respond, but I'm just like, just how this has caused such a divide and how people have turned on each other and people are just riding each other out and running like little, you know, spoiled babies to the principal. And cause they don't like what I'm trying to do is telling them, you know, you shouldn't, you know, be taking this. And 
I don't know, you know, but she can say that. So again, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hypocrisy right there. No, because basically you exposed all of them. You exposed who they are. You know, my first day that my kids go to school in Florida, I go to pick them up and they're outside playing with all the other kids and all the kids are yelling and running around and, not one of the kids was wearing a mask. I think like maybe one kid out of like a few hundred kids that were out in the schoolyard. And I heard the noise of kids playing and I broke down hysterical crying in my car, like broke down. Like, and and it wasn't like a sad cry. It was like an enraged cry. Like, which I've never, I was like, I can't believe that this is, this is going on. But yet my nieces and nephews, my friend's kids, all of my my children's friends that are in New York cannot play. They cannot they cannot breathe air. I'm like, and everyone's okay with it. So I, I like cleaned myself up and I posted a video on Instagram about it. I'm sure it's still on there. And I can't tell you call after call that I got. Oh, it's not right what you did. You you can't be doing that. You can't be saying this. You can't be doing. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen. I was like, listen to me. Your kid right now is masked for what reason? For what reason are you stopping your kid from breathing air? I'm like, next thing, they're going to be telling your kid to stick this medicine in his body that at this point we all knew didn't work, you know, and you're going to do it. And don't tell me you're not going to do it. Don't be mad because I'm vocalizing my opinion. Don't be mad at me. And if you want the answer, yes, I think you're a coward. And I've said that to a lot of people that I'm close with. Like, I and, I, I, and I'll never go back on that. Like, I'm sorry, you put... You put money in front of your beliefs. You put money in front of your health. You put money in front of your family. You put money in front of the health of your kids, the safety of your kids, the education of your kids. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it. I I legitimately wanted everything in my body. I wanted to finish my career in the NYPD. I wanted to stay in New York. I'm sure you did too. That's your whole life. It's everything you ever knew. You know, it's disgusting what happened. It's absolutely is, you know, and you know, if, if I, you know, I took a $70,000 pay cut, um, you know, and that's I'm at top salary in Tennessee with, 20 years teaching master's degree. I have 30 credits above that, which Tennessee doesn't count or doesn't recognize. Um, I'm a top salary and, and that's a lot of money uh, (laughs) to, to take a pay cut. And, you know, I wouldn't have been able to make this move unless I had to withdraw my, my tax deferred annuity. I hated to touch that. I had to pay, you know, 20% in federal tax. I'm paying off the IRS 10%. You know, that was my money, you know, that I worked 20 years that I contributed that was supposed to be for my retirement, um, you know, and that really, it, it just gets to me because, you know, I've been here now like a year and two months and that money's dwindling. Um, you know, I, I will in, you know, I'm 53 now. So in two years of 55, I'm vested with New York City so I can, you know, retire from New York City. I've had several pension consultations so, you know, I will be able to collect a pension, uh, assuming that, you know, Mayor Adams doesn't do something criminal and crazy to the money that I contributed, um, you know, so I'll have an extra source of income, you know, but but that's a lot of money to take a hit. And, you know, I, I never thought I'd walk away from the salary that I was making and the, the benefits that, you know, medical was completely paid. You know, here I, I contribute a lot for, for medical, 
<laughs> and the benefits are are not as good. The availability of doctors is not as good as as it was in New York, obviously. And you know, there there there's trade offs, and there's I always say that there's a price for freedom. You know, there's a huge price to pay for for freedom. Yeah, no, yeah, hundred. I kept hearing, oh, but you could you you could do that. You were okay. You, you could you could walk away early. I'm like. <laughs> I, it, it blew my mind. I'm like, first of all, I'm on pace to make $200,000 a year. So just my last two years, that's $400,000 right there. Uh, I gave away a variable supplement, which is 12500 a month on top of that 400000 right? So it's 12500 12, a month for the rest of my life. Plus my pension would have grew probably about $3,000 a month in the next two years, right? So that's another three thousand dollars a month I gave away. So I'm looking at the next ten years. I already like gave away like one point eight million dollars, something like that. I, when I did the numbers, it was something like that. It was like one point eight million just in the next. I was like, oh yeah, but I could do that. But like they're like, yeah, oh yeah, you're good. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I only owe a couple. I only owe almost two million dollars to the bank. I'm good. I was like, I could do it. You couldn't do it, right? I'm like, my last two years is more valuable than what you have on the table right now. I'm like, if anyone couldn't do it, it was me and I did it, you know? So it was, it was, that was always like a slap in my face whenever anyone would say that. I was like, yeah, okay, I could do it. Okay, yeah, only I could do it. You couldn't do you it. Didn't, you, you didn't choose. Like neither one of us chose to, to you know, walk away. It's not like we, you know, hit the, the Powerball, the mega millions or, you know, we inherited money. I mean, this, you know, was a decision that was essentially made for us and, you know, there's so much uh, hatred, like on the UFT, you know, Facebook page, you know, I'll argue with people and I don't even bother anymore, but they're like, you had a choice. I said, that's not a choice when you're being coerced, you know, take this shot or lose your job. That's not a choice. A choice is, you know, would you like chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream? You know, would you like a small, medium or large? Those are choices. Uh, this is not a choice. Yeah, you're gonna eat ice cream. I don't care what flavor you want. Take take a flavor, but you'll eat ice cream. No, it's, it was it was absolutely ridiculous. And I kept saying that it was, you know, because again, we you know, we look at how it affects us. So like I was like in this small world view of it, and I was saying this is defund the police on large scale, right? Mm-hmm. This is the real defund the police. But now when I step back and I really look at it, I'm like, well, they defunded the teachers. They defunded the FDNY. They defunded the SDNY. And it really leads me back to, oh, well, and then the rest of New York State's fine, right? All those other state agencies, they're fine. They didn't have any mandates there. Nobody was was mandated there. Nobody had lost their job. You know, they talk about all of these shortages now that they have. And I really think this was a mass layoff. I really do. I think it was a mass layoff without showing how incompetent they were. And they're like, you know what? We'll get rid of the we'll get rid of the people who would who wouldn't just do what we told them to do. That's it. We'll get rid of all those people. It won't look like a layoff. We'll save the city, whatever it is, so that we could send all the money, all the money to the Ukraine and we could take in all these migrants and we could employ them. You know, like I, I don't know what the rationale was other than. They were trying to cut down the city budget. I don't see any clear, re- any other reason for this at this point, other than pushing a corporate agenda for, for big pharma and protecting their profits and lowering the city's costs. That's the only thing I see. Like, what do you think large scale? I mean, essentially that, I mean, in, 
you know, as things are coming out and, and we know that these vaccines are doing more harm than good, um, but just, you know, the, the force, you know, but they had money though to bribe people, $100, take a shot, $100 for a booster. Cuomo was offering $20 lottery tickets. Hochul was entering college kids into a, you know, fully paid tuition. So they had the money though to incentivize uh, shots and boosters and, and all the advertising campaigns on the New York City subways. They had ads everywhere. So they put a lot of money into this on TV commercials. So they're trying to save money, but look at all the, the money that they spent on this advertising and propaganda and, and brainwashing and just paying actors and actresses on, on TV. I mean, that, that wasn't cheap, but you know, I definitely think it's an attack on our, our livelihood, our jobs, our freedom. And, you know, like you said, trying to save money, but spending all the money on, you know, on this campaign and, you know, I still see a few commercials, not nearly as much as I did in New York, but, you know, Biden's administration now wants to spend all this money on these these new boosters, which they've just approved for now five years and older. And that just blows my mind. They're just push, push, push. What's going to be what's going to the next thing's going to be? Because I'm always thinking in the back of my head, well, now that they mandated the teachers and every other city agency, who's to say they're not going to mandate the booster next? Then I'd like to see how many people you know, walk away from teaching from, you know, cop and fireman and all of that. When they're faced with that, they don't want this, this next thing. When is the end? You know, uh, they're going to, they already made the decision. Thinking. They're going to take it again. They already made, the, I don't think you're going to get anyone. You're going to get any new people to walk away. I really don't. The people that already took that already gave in. They already made the decision that my pension is more valuable than my beliefs. They put, you know, they put the, they put money in front of their beliefs. They did. And to me that like, you know, we, we always talked about integrity in the police department. You know, if you see something wrong, you walk in a precinct and everyone in the precinct's corrupt. You have to be the person to stand up against it. Right. And now what kind of integrity do you have when you took something that you did not want and you only took it for money? Like, you know, it, it's, it's, it really, it really shows the level that you're at. It shows your price. You know, they always say, Oh, everybody has a price. I don't mm-hmm. believe that everybody has a price. I believe that some people have a price. And I think that we know who those people are now. And yeah, it's very sad. And it's, it's actually scary. Like if, you know, you're going to fall in line with this, you're not setting a good example um, for your students, for your own children, or just people around you, if you're going to comply. I mean, I just, you know, can't imagine. I mean, I know so, you know, a lot of people that just took it in the 11th hour and, you know, one, you know, um, school, she, she said she waited till she got to the car to cry. And I'm like, I cannot imagine having to do something you know, that I did not feel comfortable in, did not believe in since when in our society, I've never seen a, a this this massive, you know, campaign to 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 do anything. I just, you know, you don't want to do something. No, I don't like, you know, for example, roller coasters. I don't like heights. I'm not going to go on it. And if you tell me to go on it, I can I can say no. Oh no, I just lost you. Then you'll buy me something. You know, I, I'm just I'm not going to 
to sacrifice what I feel comfortable doing. And nobody should have to do that. No, you're right. It's, 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 it's completely, it's an, it was, it's still going on. So it's awful to put anyone. And I keep saying, I keep saying it. I'm like, if, if you would have told me, take the shot and you're going to grow all your hair and I'm going to have long blonde hair down my back and I can fly, but you're telling old ladies that they have to, to go see their grandkids. And you're telling children they have to, to play sports and you're doing all of this stuff and talking about people and trying to separate and divide. I still wouldn't be okay with it. I would be like, this isn't right. This is completely wrong. This is everything that I've ever read about in history that I was would never do, that I told myself I would never do. Like the lessons that we learned in the 20th century, we obviously didn't learn them too good. We didn't learn what happened with the Nazis. We didn't learn what happened with Stalin. We didn't learn all of these divide and conquer tactics. And, and you know, like that book Anne Frank always stuck with me when I was a kid. It just stuck with me because I, I can never understand how how could you be sitting with your neighbor one day and having dinner and the next day everyone thinks it's fine that people are just getting ripped out of their homes and their businesses are getting shut down and they're sending them off on a train somewhere for safety and everyone went along with it and it always bothered me from the time I read it I think I was nine when I read it and Mm -hmm. uh, it was such a traumatizing book and it always stuck with me and then I, I never had the answer to that question until this happened. Right. And I said, wow, this is how it happened. I'm right. like, this and is exactly how it happened. Exactly. And just, you know, like, I mean, I teach uh, social studies and we're not up to the civil rights movement, but when we do get up to it, I mean, Rosa Parks, she took a stand. She was not going to give up her seat for, you know, a white person. She got arrested and, you know, she stood up for what she believed in because you, you know, you can't do that. And I mean, you know, so that ended, I mean, the the sit-ins at the lunch counter and the Brown versus Board of Education, you know, got desegregation of the schools. So now that's illegal to, you know, have blacks only, whites only. So you're essentially the same thing's been going on for two years, vaccinated versus unvaccinated and the divide and the hatred. And, you know, I've been told by a coworker that I should be denied medical care and I should have to pay more. And I need to do this for the greater good. And I'm like, whoa, where is this coming from? And I'm just seeing such a different side of people. And it's it's a evil, very scary yeah, side, I- how they have conditioned people to think that, you know, we're the diseased ones, we're the, you know, the minorities, you know, we're sticking up for ourselves. And, you know, Rosa Parks, you know, she didn't stand up. You, you know, today a bus ride would be very different in New York City. I was told by a 400-pound guy, it's completely the most unhealthy person I ever was around in my whole life, that he sh- I shouldn't get medical care. I'm like, I shouldn't get medical care? I watch what I eat every day. I work out every day. You smoke cigarettes. You eat like an animal. I'm like, if you want to start rationing health care, I, I don't think it's you that should start really pushing that narrative. Because guess what? Right after me, they're going to say you next. If we're going to start rationing healthcare, you're going to be the one that's more likely to jam up a hospital than me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I couldn't believe that. That was like, that it was infuriating. It's still infuriating when I think about it, like to, to sit back, you know, we've had a couple of conversations offline and every time I've spoken to you, I'm like, 
I'm enraged afterwards because I just mm-hmm. go right back into that time frame, that time period. And even now, why can't we work in New York City? Oh, but I got news for you. I can work in New York City now. You can't, but I can. In the private sector. No, no. Well, the private sector, no. I can actually go back and be a police officer right now. How? I, because of the of the, the the ruling by the judge that said that the vaccine mandate was not based was not based on uh whatever 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 his ruling was it was basically that their the way they denied religious exemptions was incorrect they didn't do anything there was no formal process which we all knew that they were just denying and they were just all right we'll take this guy we won't take this guy and uh you know but they're so- appealing that 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 but right. they're appealing it, but still this, the order stands. So instead of rehiring the terminated people, what the NYPD said is, we'll take you back subject due to change. So if I go back, I could go back right now. I could go back right now, but I have to go through a drug test, which I have no problem doing. But then I have to go through a psychological evaluation. And <laughs> I will not be given back any of my time or any of my back pay from the minute I was illegally forced out. So everyone's calling me. Oh, come back. I'm like, I'm not going back. I was like, first off, all of a sudden I became a right wing conspiracy theorist. Right. And I'm dirty. And you want me to come back and wear a mask and test? F that. I'm not no. doing that. Well, I, I can't I- go back. Mulgrew's not letting teachers back. DOE's not letting. Adams hasn't, you know, taken back this mandate. They're still yeah. fighting. Whatever Randy Weingarten said was just fluff and it did not sit well with me. I do not trust her at all. I'm hearing if Hochul gets, uh, you know, um, selected or installed that she's going to mandate the shop for kids after the Thanksgiving break. This is what I'm hearing, you know, don't know if it's 100 percent true or not, but. I don't trust any of them. I mean, and, and the real issue is as Adam, he just needs to stop this again. It's you're letting the private sector, you're giving an arbitrary date of November 1st. How is November 1st? How is October 31st? I, you know, you can't work in the private sector, let's say wall street, but November 1st, the next day, you're perfectly fine to go into the same, you know, establishment and work. Yeah. No. So now the private sector, all the private sector could work. All the athletes and entertainers, the school kids could finally not be segregated, but the parents are still going to be segregated from public schools. And now police officers for right now, until this appeal comes through now, just police officers could go back to work, but not teachers, firefighters, sanitation workers. So it's like now we're just going to leave some of the city employees. So it's all of those other people. It's so arbitrary and capricious. It's ridiculous. Did you watch the interview with Michael Caine and Randy Weingarten? Yes. On yes. children's health defense. Yep. What'd you think of, mm-hmm. what'd you think about that? I, I just, I couldn't, it just, it didn't seem real. I mean, it, it seemed like she was just trying to continuously sell her product and she didn't even say, I'm going to talk to Adams. I'm going to talk to Mulgrew. Um, you know, this isn't right. I mean, they didn't even stand up from us from the get go. But, you know, when she said, if another pandemic breaks out, um, then she's all for mandates. She believes in the shots and the boosters. And then when Michael Caine tried to say, well, you know, the, the president of Pfizer said that they found this, this, this and breast milk. And, you know, it's, she's like, oh, well, you know, the science is always changing. But at the time, she just seemed way too, 
calm about this and in a very uh, sneaky way. So I did not feel like it gave me any peace listening to that. It made me actually more enraged. And I know several people too that were just like, I rate that Michael can pound her further, but I think he just wanted to get her on record, you know, saying whatever she said, you know, people could say whatever they want, but you know, that the, Mulgrew never showed up at city hall yesterday. I saw the live stream, Vicky Palladino, you know, was, was talking against, you know, the mandates and let everyone work and, you know, all the freedom fighters, New York teachers for choice and bravest for choice. This, this is just still going on. And where is Randy? Where is Mulgrew? Where is Adams on this? Why won't he meet? You know, why isn't this resolved? It, it's it's just people's livelihoods. I mean, people have faced homelessness, you know, unemployment. People have had to make decisions they didn't want to make and, you know, taken the shot and, you know, gotten sick or, you know, just now the psychological damage on that end. I can't imagine complying with something you know, and then they walk back the mandate, you know, the next day or something like it, it's it's just it doesn't seem real. And, you know, I would invite Mayor Adams to take a plane to Tennessee, come sit in my classroom, tell me to my face after I teach my lesson why i am been safe to teach here, you know, for the past year and two months. But I can't go back to my classroom that I was in the same building for 20 years. I would like him to talk to me to my face and have a conversation. And, you know, the same thing. I paid union dues for 20 years and I didn't get any backing from my union at all. Like, you know, it just, it just blows my mind that they're just picking and choosing their, their battles and what causes they want to support. You know, but the funny thing is uh, the day after Roe versus Wade was overturned, the UFT put out a statement on their page. We are outraged you know, at this, and we believe this. And I'm like, first off, this has nothing to do with teaching or education, completely inappropriate. But where were you fighting for my right that I didn't want to put this into my body? Now you're saying that a woman should not be told what to do with her body. That's so hypocritical that they want that cause, you know, fought for, but not my right to not take a shot. So it just shows you the level of, you know, it just hypocrisy outrageous no, no, hypocrisy is insane yeah my body my choice but i don't care if you're pregnant i don't care if you're not pregnant you as a woman will stick in your body what what i tell you to do and honestly i keep going back to it because I, I have a lot of friends that took it that didn't want to take it and they like some aren't at peace with it a lot of people i know are not at peace with it no. because it's it's medical rape it's rape absolutely it's rape. Absolutely. what is the difference what is the difference? You're going to put this in your body, regardless how you feel about it, or else you're not going to get a paycheck. And that's what and that's what the the, the predicament that we were all put in. Everybody, hundreds of thousands of people in New York City were put in that predicament, and it's not loud enough, and it's not being talked about enough, and nothing's being done. People need to be removed from office. Um, people need to get out there and vote. You know, you need to vote. You know, I'm a big supporter of Lee Zeldin. I'm a big supporter of Joseph Pinion. I'm a big supporter of Michael Henry as for Attorney General. Um, and I don't and. Again, I'm not like I, I'm not I won't sit there and say I'll never vote for a Democrat because I would have voted for Maud Moran or I would have voted for Brian Robinson, who just came out the other day and said that now he's a Republican. But uh, because it's so because the, the, the Democratic Party went so, so far left. 
But I, I, the only way I see going forward is if we even out, we even we have to even out the the the, the playing field in New York City because right now it's just a far left totalitarian city, and even the state is going to go that way under Holchel. We have to vote these people out. What do you think we could do? What, what in your opinion, what do you think could be done to turn the tables in New York? I mean, I know there's there's tons of rallies that, you know, I know Teachers for Choice is involved with a lot of, you know, Zeldin rallies and a lot of other people. I see them, you know, post stuff on, on Facebook and other social media. I mean, other than that, um, you know, just keep trying to spread awareness about what Hochul's plans are. I mean, I've heard, you know, again, you know, mandating the shot for for kids after the November, you know, Thanksgiving break. And also I'm hearing talk of quarantine camps. So, I mean, this should scare people. And I think, you know, people just think it's, it's all talk. You know, nobody thought it would come to mandating the shock for teachers. Nobody thought it would be forced testing, you know, masking. I mean, little by little by little, they're stripping our rights away. I mean, just keep spreading stuff as best we can, but you know, I don't think that the voting system, you know, is fair and, you know, is, is right because I think there's a lot of cheating and other things going on. And, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And it's it, it just it's very scary because, you know, why this is a political issue. Zeldin, a Republican, said he'll end all mandates. Can he supersede what Mayor Adams is, is doing to the city? Can he can he does he have the power to do that? I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't have the power to to rehire the workers. He absolutely doesn't. But he said that he will pull down the emergency order, which right. which she did, and he will cut funding. So if he does that, the mandates will go away. You know what I mean? And he um, can do. He can make Adams take that back. Well, yeah. I mean, if you cut funding to the city from the state, mm-hmm. yeah, a hundred percent. If you're going to start to cut funding, absolutely. That that will that will be the end all be all. You know what I mean? Because it, it always comes down to money, right? They need state funding. They need federal funding. The city needs the money from the feds. They're not getting it other way than through the state. So you know, so I I think Lee Zeldin's been very straight up about that. He's been straight up with the fact that um, he will remove any DA. Any district attorney who's not prosecuting criminals, specifically mm-hmm. Alvin Bragg, but all five boroughs, he'll put them on notice, all of them. Um, he said immediately he'll he will bring up a state of emergency for crime and he will he will stop bail reform. He will stop raise the age, clean slate act, all of these pro criminal anti cop legislation that's been put in. So you will see immediate impacts as far as mandates and crime go which are our two major issues um can he rehire all the city workers back i don't i don't believe he has that power but i think that he will work to get that done yeah i mean i think he should and and honestly i mean so many people have you know left uh the city i mean my my son was called by one of the guidance counselors at his high school they're just following up on alumni and uh, he graduated in june of 2021 And she's like, you know, you're the fifth or sixth person I've spoken to that has left New York for Tennessee or Florida. So, you know, even, you know, kids are are leaving, families are leaving, you know, I'll never go back to New York, even if they said, we'll reinstate you, we'll give you your time back, your salary, 
I'm not going back. I mean, that's a pure slap in the face. What, you know, what they did to you and I, but, you know, I think we and, and everybody else that was fired or, or resigned should be compensated for loss of salary and, you know, everything else, pension and, and whatever. I mean, it's, you know, just the damage is, is just, is just horrific. And, you know, I have a good governor in my state. That's not, you know, forcing me to do anything. I walked into my building and the first day I'm like, Oh my God, I can breathe. You know, I don't have to prove anything. You know, no one's asking me to do anything. It's just, just teach and do my job, you know? So I, I just, I just keep praying and, and hoping that these, these lawsuits win, but the time and effort and money and energy put into it is, is, is outrageous, you know, and it's mentally exhausting, you know, God bless Michael Caine. I mean, he's, you know, he's really, really fighting hard for, for the teachers. And I give him so much credit and I know it is so difficult for him. And, you know, no, yeah, no, Michael Caine's a great guy. He's been a a freedom fighter, you know, a New York freedom rally has been out there all the time. Um, I think there's another group, Guardians of Divinity and Bravest for Choice. These people have been out there, you know, and I got to give it, a lot of Bravest for Choice actually got back to work, which I'm, I'm very happy about. They got uh, medical exemptions. So a lot of them went back. I, I personally never thought they were going back. I kept telling them, like, this fight isn't for us. It's for it's for the next generation. And I'm glad I was wrong about that. I really am happy to see that, that there's some light at the end of the tunnel. I'm happy to see that some media is now starting to talk about this mm-hmm. um, other than just like independent news channels like this one and, uh, and all these independent journalists. So I, I definitely think there's hope, but I don't think there's any hope without the vote. I really don't. And I, I agree with you that the, the votes are tainted, especially in New York, mm-hmm. but the, but one fourth of eligible voters, less than one fourth of eligible voters come out in New York to vote, which is abhorrent. I don't believe that they, you could cheat enough. The people that are sitting home need to get out and vote. It's very, very important. You know, you mentioned the quarantine camps. I'll never forget that bill. Assemblyman Nicholas Perry, he put a bill, I believe it was A416. Um, uh, I forget the actual name of it, but it was basically a quarantine camp. It basically stated that if you are deemed a public health risk or if you are suspected to come in contact, have came in contact with someone that's deemed a public health risk, we could we could take you out of your home, you, your whole family for an indefinite period. We could force medical treatment on you for an indefinite period. We don't know where we're being taken. And that was basically the bill. I was like, my wife sent it to me. She asked me like, oh, what do you, what do you think about this bill? And I was, I was headed up to an officer who got killed in the line of duty, Brian Mulkeen. Um, I was, I was headed upstate to his, uh, to his, uh, to his funeral. And mm-hmm. uh, I read it and I was like, oh my God, this is, the, this is the most horrific bill I ever read. So I contacted Assemblyman Perry. I was still a cop at the time. It was pre-COVID. And I just asked him, I said, hey, I need to know who is a public health risk, because at the time, the New York City Health Commissioner said that I'm a public health risk for being a police officer. Police officers are a risk to public health. So I'm like, I know that I'm a public health risk. I know that Jews in the 30s were a public health risk. But I just need to know for the purposes of this law, since I enforce law, what a public health risk is, is in regards to this bill. 
So, right. on, so, and we don't know. Could it be that you think that elections aren't fair? Are you a public health risk? Could it be that I voted for Donald Trump? That am I a public health risk? I know <laughs> that because I was a cop. I was a public health risk. You know what I mean? Like, so I did. So when I read that bill, I was like, oh my god. So. You know, eventually, and when COVID hit, that bill picked up steam where a lot of people got crazy about it and started calling Nicholas Perry. It wasn't just me. And um, and that would show people that bill at work. And they'd be like, you're crazy. I'm like, I didn't write this bill. It's sitting on the floor yeah. of New York State Assembly. I called my assemblyman. I called my councilman. I called every politician I know that. What are you worried about, John? What are you worried about? I was like, what? I was like, did you read the bill? What do you mean? What am I worried about? Same same thing. I I emailed, you know, my local councilman and, you know, he wrote back and he said, oh, this comes up every year. It won't pass. Don't worry. I'm like, how am I not supposed to worry? Like, you know, since since when are we, you know, as the public just, you know, picked and, and I've never heard of this. I mean, again, this this is reminiscent of you know, Nazi Germany and and the Jews taking them, they think they're going to, you know, take a shower and extermination camps and, you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, I I felt, you know, you know, in my head, like when they pulled me for the testing and I'm standing online, one line for the teachers, one line for the kids. I'm like, you know, and I don't think I'm being, you know, dramatic, but it just seemed like I'm standing online for these extermination camps. I felt like you know that and it 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 did not sit well with me you know just just getting the cattle lining up you know to your death and i'm like this isn't right you know how you're just you know selecting people just because there's a bigger you know uh, agenda here and a bigger picture and and none of it is is right you know i mean slowly people are going back to work in in new york city i don't trust you know, right now, what what they're doing, they may just kind of be, you know, uh, keeping them calm and appeasing them, but then they're going to just rip all that away. And, you know, like Randy Weingarten said, if something else comes up, she's for mandates, they're going to mask again. I mean, Adams, the last group to unmask was a two to four year olds. There was rallies all the time. How are you doing that? You're letting a, a kindergartner take off his mask, but a pre-K not. Explain to me, Adam's rationale, they're too young to be vaccinated. Well, what if that kindergartner did get the vaccine? How are they more more safe than the pre-K? You know, and, and that's just terrific that parents even stood for that. You know, that not every single parent was lined up outside the school. You know, I mean, in order to see change, every single teacher, every single principal, every single administrator and parent and school safety should have stood together you know, stood up to Adams, de Blasio, we're not going to do this. You know, they just complied because it didn't affect them at a certain point. And if it doesn't affect you, you're not going to stand up for it. I know, you know, I'm sure there are a few vaccinated people that would, but for the majority, they just can't be bothered. And that's the problem. It's compliance. No, it's compliance. And then our elected leaders, and I, I put in air quotes mm-hmm. there because I don't, I didn't see any leadership over the last two years. No. And I, I get that there is the common sense caucus in New York City now that are talking, but and I do support all of them. But you know, if you go back to my post two years ago, I was going after them because they weren't doing anything and they weren't there. And at that same point, why am I coming to find out about this bill secondhand? about that people are going to get ripped out of their homes. And why is my assemblyman not letting the public know what his Democratic colleague is, is proposing? 
You know, like a, 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 a communist style bill. It's the most un-American thing I've ever read. And then come to find out Nick Perry takes it down because he says that white supremacists are spreading misinformation, talking about people like me are spreading mm-hmm. misinformation uh, about this bill. So he's just going to pull it off the docket. He pulls it off the docket and Governor Kathy Hochul, she's such a great woman. She's such a great leader that she takes it. She backdoors the legislative process in New York City and she throws it into she throws it into public health law and makes it even crazier, the bill. So she does that. And a big shout out to attorney Bobby Ann Cox. Bobby Ann Cox is like, absolutely not. She sues. She wins. It gets deemed unconstitutional. And Letitia James and Governor Kathy Hochul have put in a notice to appeal. So a notice and everyone's like, oh, don't worry about it. They always put in notices to appeal. I'm like, no, I'm pretty worried about it. I'm pretty worried that somebody would go to this, these lengths to want to do this with zero rationale. And again, by the way, this was all pre-COVID that this this bill was mm-hmm. being started. It was going to be weaponized with COVID, but it could easily be weaponized with anything else. And everyone's like, oh, well, Ebola, this. I'm like, listen, anybody comes in with, in, into this country with Ebola or something that could potentially spread, they're going to violate your civil rights and take you away. <laughs> Mark my words on it. Like, they don't need to do a bill like this to make this stuff legal for the masses. That's the scariest thing I've ever read. Absolutely. So, you know, and I re- I really like it. That's why I keep saying, like, you got to vote these people out. Like, it's yeah. the only hope. Well, it's- like with with Cuomo, he took away, you know, he said there was a measles outbreak uh, in Rockland County amongst the Jewish people in 2019. So in June of 2019, he took away the religious exemption for kids. Twenty six thousand kids left the New York City schools because of that. And, you know, there are kids that I cannot walk into school today because their parents you know, don't want to give them, you know, measles or mumps or, or whatever, you know, and, and, you know, now that I, you know, think about it, I'm like, well, so is they only dangerous in a school setting? What if they, you know, have a birthday party in Chuck E. Cheese and none of the kids are vaccinated against the measles? Like they're can freely walk in there, but they can't walk into a classroom that they might sit in, you know, six hours a day or something. Um, So, you know, when he took that away, I think that was the start of, you know, taking away our, our rights, um, you know, the, the kids' rights. So it's, it's, it's just, it's crazy. And all these also judges, you know, had to be recused because they were all had uh, stocks in Pfizer. So if you look, there were like three or four judges that, you know, couldn't hear these cases. And, you know, I know that they were in like second circuit and they keep, they're going and Michael's going and going and pushing and pushing and, you know, lawsuit after lawsuit. And it just, gosh, these attorneys must be so overwhelmed, you know, with all of this. And I'm following Aaron Siri and, you know, he's really, really good. And, and I'm just hoping that some resolution comes really soon so that, you know, he can get back to work. You know, you and I are not going back to New York. <laughs> Well, I'll no. go back. I'll go back. Not not to work, though. I'll right? go back to work. Really? I'll, I'm not going to stay that long, but I'll go back for a few days. Oh, just so you can retire and, and yeah, all yeah. Of that. I'll go back 100. percent I'll walk around. I, I definitely. I'll have a big smile. I'll go back for a little while. You know, I was so close. I was so close. I would go back. Right. I would go back. Absolutely. Well, you only needed what, like 20 years on the job to retire? Yeah, I only needed 20, and I was at 18. So, you know, my family's staying in Florida. 
you know, um, they, right. they, they love it here. Um, but I would go back. Um, yeah, cop, you have that 20 year thing. I mean, I didn't, you know, I started teaching at, at 30. So I, I, you know, if I had started right out of college, probably would have been a, you know, a little bit, you know, different, but, um, you know, just, just everything that they put me through, you know, psychologically. And I just think the abuse was just too much and it'd be a slap in the face, but I would like to see everybody offer their job back with back pay and a public apology um, by Eric Adams and by de Blasio. And I want to see them, you know, pay for what they, they did to us and Mulgrew and, and anybody else's union that didn't back them up. You know, it's just, it's just not right. Like, you know, where, where when does it end? You know, that line is going to keep growing. You know, my line in the sand was, you know, the testing, like, you know, you're just, you're not going to test me. Um, but it's like, what's going to come next? What are they going to have these teachers do or cops or sanitation? Like, you know, it's not setting a very good precedent. No, yeah. That's what I said. Everyone was telling me, oh, I, I'm drawing the line with my kids. I'm not going to have my, my kids do it. And I'm like, well, I, I don't believe you because you said that about yourself. You know, I, you know, and I think a lot of people, I think you would get some people that would rebel against that, but mm-hmm. they're already saying they're trying to eliminate homeschooling. And they, it's funny that you brought up the thing about the Jewish community when they, when they pulled the measles, because two days ago, New York state just went into a yeshiva and said that they're not meeting the uh, state requirements, the minimum requirements for schooling. So again, now we're trying to take government control over religious institution or religious education. And again, they're using the Jewish community, which predominantly votes for these people, which right. is insane to me. You know, they're, they're, again, they're doing that. They're going after them and they're going after them uh, again. And I said, I said, this is an attack on the Hasidic community. This mm-hmm. isn't an attack on the Jewish community. This is an attack on religious freedom. Absolutely. You know, so it's uh, people got to wake up, you know, um, I listen, I appreciate you spending all, all this time with us. I know I know you got to get to work early in the morning. Um, is there anything we didn't talk about? Anything that you want to you want to you want to bring up? Um, I mean, I think I, you know, pretty much, you know, discussed everything, um, you know, it just all of this, you know, really kind of made me now just question everything, um, you know, and that people need to just not take everything for face value. You need to stop and analyze. And, you know, if you're not going to stand up for yourself, then, you know, we have no future. And, um, I, you know, I just, you know, I'd like answers and some, you know, justification so that I think, you know, I can have some closure because it's, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, even a year later and, you know, talking about it definitely helps, you know, bring awareness and it, kind of helps to talk about these things. And, you know, like my, my husband is like, you know, just stop. We're not in New York. It doesn't affect you. And I, and I tell him about this, this, and this. And he's like, I said, but I can't like, this is my whole life. I mean, I spent 52 years of my life in, in Queens in, in New York and 20 years teaching in the same building. And you know, people that I don't even know personally, but I've met through different, you know, groups and, and podcasts and, you know, that they're real people. And, um, you know, just, I would just say, just keep fighting, you know, for what you believe. in. if it doesn't feel right, you know, don't do it. Don't comply. And, you know, freedom, you know, does come with a price and you can't take it for granted. You know, I, I love, you know, when I'm asked here, you know, why'd you move to Tennessee? I go renew my license plate, my, you know, driver's license, whatever. And I say freedom. I don't have the freedom to, to be in a school and teach. 
everyone I tell their jaw drops, they, they can't believe it. And it's just, you know, people over the world don't know what's going on in New York city. And unless you've lived through it, you know, you, you would probably, you know, have no idea if you didn't live through it and go there. If you were, you know, grew up as a Lieutenant or cop in another state, you'd never know what was going on in, in New York. So, you know, just, just keep fighting for what you believe in. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's definitely a different reality. New York city is a different reality from the rest of the world. It's, it's sad when I go back there, how different it is, you know, Washington, DC, LA, like, you know, you walk around, you see these mat, these people still virtue signaling with their masks, with all of this insanity, keeping their children masks in the, in the dead of heat in New York city. It's disturbing. It's sick. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you taking time to talk with me. Thank you for having me. And, you know, I'm glad we, you know, got to talk and, you know, I learned a little bit more about you, you know, whether we're, you know, teacher, cop, firefighter, sanitation, I think, you know, the fact that we were all forced to, you know, make a decision to end our careers or have it ended for us is, you know, something that we're going to share. We have that bond. And I think that makes us, you know, stronger as people and, you know, grow and, and, you know, just see the world in a new light and, you know, just, you know, we're, we're brave. We're the bravest for choice ones. I think, you know, we're the true heroes, you know? No, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. (laughs) So listen, I'm sure we'll be in touch. We'll keep talking, you know, as things arise, you know, and uh, keep in touch. I'll keep in touch with you and we'll speak again. And, uh, you know, I thank you for your time. Okay, great. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Take care. Bye.